And welcome to another edition of Scott Wheeler's Airplay. This is episode number 25. Airplay is where we go behind the scenes to meet different radio and TV personalities and find out a little bit more about them. Airplay airs on Peoria Life's Facebook page. We're live right now. You can also check it out on YouTube, Peoria TV, Channel 17 on i3 Broadband, and uh, also on Apple Podcasts. My guest today, oh, the list is so long. Let's see. She's a uh, president of a company. She is a business owner. She is a freelance radio and TV host. She's a professional speaker. She's a singer, and I hear from a mutual acquaintance, a pretty good wife and mother, too. Welcome to Airplay, Yvonne Greer. Thank you. Good to see you again. Good to see you. It's been a while. We actually go way back, don't we? Yes, we've been in each other's (laughs) orbits for many moons. (laughs) So where I I don't know where you're from. I always think of you as a Peoria girl, but where are you from? No, I feel like a Peoria girl anymore, but Detroit is where I was born. Detroit. Okay. What was it like growing up there? Rough. Rough. But, but good. Mm-hmm. Detroit, as, as many people may come to know, is, has been a community that's had its troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly I was born into many of them in the late 60s. But um, we had so much love. It was sometimes hard to realize until I got out of Detroit mm-hmm. some of the troubles that the city itself was experiencing. Okay. All about perspective, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so did you go from Detroit to Peoria? I went from Detroit to the Chicago suburbs. And so I've lived oh, in... Oh, that's a different... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So backstory is my mom was a flight attendant. That's how I ended up in Illinois. Okay. But she had me when she was a senior in high school back in Detroit. Uh-huh. She always wanted to be a flight attendant. And so when I was about five or six years old, said she wanted to go work for her. Back then it was Trans World Airlines, yes. TWA. Uh-huh. Um, and my grandmother said, well, what are you going to do with this kid? Tell you what, you go find yourself or whatever it is you're attempting to do, and I'll hang on to Yvonne until you can make a space for her. Um, and so that's what she did. She went to New York first, and New York has those three big airports, and she was running hither and yon trying to get mm-hmm. to all of her flights and appointments. And it was easier for her to move to Chicago, where she was more stable, and that was closer to Detroit as well, and we could get to see each other a little mm-hmm. more often. By the time I went to junior high, she came and got me, and I went to live with her. Okay. Bounced around the Chicago suburbs through my high school years and then went to college at U of I. Uh-huh. While I was at U of I, got an internship to work for WMBD, KZ93, WMBD right. AM, which is how we met. That's where the orbit started. Yes, yeah, so that's where the orbit began. <laughs> so uh, when did you go to U of I? I went to U of I in... Sorry see, to challenge. That's okay. Uh, 86 <laughs> to 90. Okay. Okay. Now I've got the timing. So um, when you... L- First of all, that uh, internship, I've never heard of an internship before where you get placed full-time somewhere. Usually it's a, you know, kind of a part-time, just for credit yes. hours kind of thing. That was pretty amazing. It and it's was day, amazing. especially. How did and that happen? I don't know if it still exists. My um, journalism professor said, hey, I've heard about this internship through the Illinois Broadcasters Association. Okay. I think you'd be a good fit. Why don't you try? And it was an internship designed for minority students because at the time we were underrepresented in broadcasting. It came with a a small paycheck, $3,000 for four months, and I went, excellent. And then they said, you're going to Peoria. And I literally had to like get a map and go, where is that? (laughs) 
<laughs> Typical Chicagoan. <laughs> because in my brain, I thought that I would just commute between Champaign and Peoria. And they said, no, that's not going to be possible full time every day. <laughs> and so the crazy thing is when you realize you have to move and I didn't have a car, I had to get a car, $3,000 does not go very far. Mm -hmm. And I actually ended up living at the old YWCA downtown Peoria on Fayette wow. and Jefferson because I could pay some rent, but I couldn't afford an apartment. They let me have my own room, <laughs> but I did the community shower and kitchen thing <laughs> for four months. And the University of Illinois even had me withdraw because I technically did not live in even in the community. So I had to mm -hmm. leave school, do the internship, and then reapply to get back to finish my senior year. Okay. So did you always want to do journalism, television, radio? I wasn't sure. I uh -huh. knew I had a love of communications. I loved writing. Speechcom was my minor at U of I. Um, but I wasn't sure about journalism really until my junior year after I'd taken a few business classes and realized that math and I don't get along well. <laughs> I'm much better with words and people. Um, <laughs> and so my advisor at the U of I said, you came in pre-journalism based on your English teacher's recommendations. Why don't you try a journalism class? Mm -hmm. And I took a class with um, somebody who was a reporter at the Champaign News Gazette. Mm -hmm. It was an evening class. It was the only one I could get into. But because of that, part of the class was it was from 6 to 9 p.m. two days a week we would be sent out into the community to cover council meetings or board meetings or whatever was going on and the assignment was to come back get the story written and ready for the paper if you will mm -hmm. by the end of class at that nine o'clock wow. hour I love that sense of urgency it mm -hmm. just awakened something in me I love being able to meet somebody find their story tell their story and turn it in by mm. nine o'clock at night. <laughs> and then I was, I was bitten. And then I went, uh -huh. okay, what else is there? Mm. Um, and then I went into broadcasting from there. Now, when you landed at WMBD TV, radio and KZ, the first thing I remember you doing, and I don't know if this was the internship or after they hired you full time was the early nineties cat UAW stuff. Yes. It Talk, I don't know if that was your first story, but it was certainly early in your career. Talk about getting thrown into the fire. Oh my goodness. I just remember where's it was like, where's Yvonne today? She's got, you know, there's a chain link fence behind her and a barrel, a fire, barrel fire, yes. fire barrel. Now she's in, you know, Nashville or San Diego or whatever. Wow, that had to be something. That was a fiery baptismal to say the least. <laughs> and it came about honestly just by, I don't know if it was a stroke of good luck or bad, but mm -hmm. they had reached the point, Caterpillar and United Auto Workers, where there was going to be this strike. The union wanted to negotiate in St. Louis, where they had been previous years. Cat didn't want to, but ultimately they decided to go. And the people in the newsroom that were seasoned reporters, if you will, did not want to go. They were married, they had families, and this was going to require you to be in, in St. Louis Monday through Friday yeah. for the most part. Um, and the news director literally said, well, kid, you're it. <laughs> <laughs> Low person on the totem pole. <laughs> and for me, I really was kind of excited. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I didn't have a, a sense of what CAT UAW negotiations could be. Uh -huh. I just knew it was a chance to 
quote unquote travel a little bit. Little mm -hmm. did I know that a boardroom in St. Louis is a boardroom anywhere <laughs> in the nation or the world for that matter. <laughs> so there wasn't much traveling, but um, I did go to St. Louis contract talks there. It took me to Arizona for the UAW's annual board meeting. It took me to San Diego um, and I got to do some stringer reports for places that had Caterpillar plants, York, Pennsylvania, wow. um, conciliation and mediation service in Chicagoland. Um, it was a, a great experience for me in discovering that human dynamic. That was my favorite part of it, was recognizing that the leaders at CAT and the UAW had started in the plants together, moved up the ranks oh, on yeah. either side, and were now butting heads. And I was like, there's got to be a way. You guys know each other from yeah. when you were 20. <laughs> <laughs> I coached your kid in yeah. Little League. Come on. <laughs> um, that had to really kind of make your mark then. It yeah. did. Yeah. It really did. And I'll tell you, professionally, it was the first time where I felt like I was in a position of authority. Mm -hmm. In my life, my personal life, I just felt like this, this kid, although if you called me kid to my face, I would have been really <laughs> mad. <laughs> I was 22, 23 years old, and now I have adults, mm -hmm. people with families and homes and careers calling me going, what's happening now? Mm -hmm. Can you tell me if I should move? Can you tell me if I should cross the picket line? My husband didn't cross, but my son did, and now they won't talk to each other. Wow. What do I do? And for me, that was very humbling. And it, it started for me to cement the weight of the job. Mm -hmm. It's like journalism isn't just being on TV in a mm -hmm. pretty outfit. Mm -hmm. It's it's recognizing that the stories you're telling are having a real impact on real people's lives, mm -hmm. and you got to take that seriously. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're, you're making your mark in TV, you're having this, this success. Uh, I remember then you, you, know, you obviously did full-time reporting and anchoring and so forth. And then all of a sudden, and you're my hero for this, you go from television to radio. <laughs> That's usually the opposite, opposite. direction. <laughs> so there's a small club of people who've done that and you're all my heroes. So how did that happen? Wow. Uh, in TV land, I had been told that I was not going to be any more upwardly mobile than what I was. That they were happy to keep me, but I was not 6 and 10 o'clock anchor material. Okay. And so I started thinking to myself, what options are there for me? Mm -hmm. Because now at, at 25, I'm like, I, I do want a little more in my professional mm -hmm. career than where I am currently. Mm -hmm. um, and so one day I just had to put my big girl pants on and say, okay, then I'm gonna be done. And I'm gonna see what else the universe has to offer mm -hmm. me. And literally the day I resigned in television, because as you know, we were TV, AM and FM all in one building. Right. All of the department heads of those entities got together and had their usual meeting. TV news director says, Yvonne's just resigned. Radio manager calls and says, hey. <laughs> <laughs> or walks down the hall. <laughs> yeah, would you consider? <laughs> and for me, it was an opportunity to work with Greg. We were newly married at that point and had enjoyed conversations on the radio through those CAT UAW conversations. Mm. Honestly, radio was where my television live skills got perfected because now I feel so comfortable speaking and that's it. I mean, because in radio, there's it's just you. There's no script, there's no video to cover right. you up. It's just you and whomever you happen to be talking to. And if you don't have a guest, as you know, it's just you. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so being able to have that conversation and being able to illustrate the stories without the pictures, um, 
made television that much easier to do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then to have an opportunity to do that full scale with this man I've chosen to spend the rest of my life with, I was in heaven. I was mm -hmm. like, you're going to pay me for that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's kind of clicking for me. You actually got married while still doing TV. Yes. Okay. Because I was going to ask you, when the anchor thing didn't happen, why didn't you just decide to go choose another market, a bigger market and report. I had been looking and uh -huh. I had been interviewing and there was a job, a weekend anchor position that opened in Wichita, Kansas. That, I don't know if you remember Cheryl Burton, she's now at ABC7 yes. in Chicago. Yes. Uh -huh. She was our weekend anchor at, uh -huh. at WMED in Peoria. She got the job in Wichita. When she went to Chicago, the Wichita job became open. I interviewed for that and they offered it to me. When I land back in Peoria after having this offer, <laughs> Greg comes to pick me up from the airport and he's got his two kids, Katie and David are 11 and 7, somewhere in that neighborhood at the time. And I'm jubilant. <laughs> they offered me the job. And the three of them, their faces just went blank. Oh. And they said, are you going to take it? <laughs> no, I just flew up to Wichita for the heck of it. <laughs> and and it, was, it was in that moment that I became a Peorian. I knew. I was like, I love these people. I'm not leaving. Interesting. What I did do, however, is parlay that into a better position because at the time, I was still wrapped up in Cat UAW conversations. Dog <laughs> on families. <laughs> We're talking with Yvonne Greer, who you know from WMBD-TV. Living Well, which starts at a new time today, I understand. Yes, 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, rebroadcast on WYZZ at 9 a.m. the next day. Okay, and also, Channel 47, you do the uh, Consider, Consider this. this. Good night. She's everywhere. <laughs> um, so, big switch then from broadcasting to... You are also the president and owner of Power Zone, which we'll get a description of that in a minute. But how in the world do you go from media to muscles? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, if you look at most of the people in radio, at least, <laughs> we are not exercise consultants. <laughs> I believe I was blessed because I love it. I really, really do. I've always been a fan of aerobic activity and lifting weights, that kind of stuff. Even before you ever thought of owning a, a fitness Yes, okay. because I, I got my start in jazzercise. Back when I was at U of I, I worked in the office of the director of food services. Her secretary had quit smoking, gained 30 pounds. She said, I want to do this exercise thing, but I don't want to go by myself. I went with her just to support my friend. This was over the summer there. Over the course of that three-month time period of going three or four times a week with my friend, when all of my student friends came back to school that camp that fall, they said, what did you do? And I said, what do you mean, what did I do? They're like, you have muscles. And I went, well, hey, I do have one or two of those, don't I? <laughs> And then when I got the job in Peoria, I saw the big jazzercise sign that used to be in University Street up north, and I thought, I wonder if that's the same thing. Lo and behold, jazzercise anywhere is jazzercise everywhere, no matter what country you're in. Took the class, and for me, I've always been a sort of workaholic, as you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> and when I first came to Peoria, I only had the one job, and I kept thinking, what do people do with themselves for the rest of the day? <laughs> so I would literally go work out one, two, sometimes three classes in a row because I didn't have anywhere else to go. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would take the classes often enough that the routines just sort of stuck in my brain. An instructor happened to be teaching class, she lost her place, and from class, I could tell her what was coming next. 
Wow. The owner saw me do that and said, how did you know how to help her? And I said, well, I come often enough. I said, I get that like during the verse of the song, you do this move. And during the chorus of the song, you do that move. There's usually a bridge and then they bring it back to the beginning. She said, if you can figure that out as just somebody taking the class, mm -hmm. you surely should be somebody teaching the class. Mm -hmm. And that's where it started. And that for me was 1994 and it just progressed. I went from teaching that stuff to other stuff in most of the gyms around town and realized at some point I can make up my own squats and jumping jacks mm -hmm. <laughs> and planks mm -hmm. and became a personal trainer. Wow. So when did you sink your teeth into the ownership of your own facility? At Jazzercise, you have to buy a franchise. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does it, but I chose to incorporate at that time. Okay. So in 1994, Power Zone opened officially, if you mm -hmm. will, on paper with the state and federal government. Um, and then I just, I didn't run it as a business. I just ran it as somebody who teaches class. Mm -hmm. um, and then after I went to Chicago, I started realizing, oh, well, maybe there are some things that I could do. And people began to seek my services outside of the gym I was affiliated with. Mm. And that's really how Power Zone started getting its start. Mm. So um, what happens at Power Zone? I mean, we all have a picture of a gym yes. and the goods and bads that go <laughs> along with that. What makes it different? Power Zone is different because I tailor to the individual. Okay. My motto is, you know, I don't build it and hope you come, but if you come, I will surely build it to suit your needs. Everybody that comes has a personalized program. And so everybody gets to sit with me for half an hour, 45 minutes, and even see if we're a great fit for each other. Mm. Every client that comes in the door doesn't end up being a client of mine mm. because everybody's got a different style. Mm. Some people love that sort of biggest loser in your face. I'm going to break your knees if you don't, <laughs> if you don't do 10 more crunches. <laughs> that is certainly not my style. <laughs> um, but some people really enjoy it. That's, mm -hmm. that's how they get their workout on. Mm -hmm. um, but I do all of the stuff that you would find in a gym. I've got treadmills and ellipticals and bikes and machines and dumbbells and BOSUs and gliders and TRX and all that sort of good stuff. And I can incorporate all of those things based on how a particular person is looking to reach their goals. Mm. What was the biggest surprise about being a business owner from you know early days of teaching classes at a jazzercise and then incorporating and you know, there's more to it than the elliptical machine. Mm, gracious, yes. <laughs> and that's the part I'm still not masterful. <laughs> Remember, you said you weren't a math guru. <laughs> exactly. Uh -oh. And so every year at tax time, <laughs> I have this big old pile of papers and I, I look at my account and I'm like, here you go. Good luck. <laughs> Work it. <laughs> it's that stuff. It's the, the bookkeeping, the accounting, the filing, the ordering the equipment, the cleaning the toilets. I mean, I, I got to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> now, you also do a little bit of professional speaking. Um, do you uh, have a, a certain subject you always go to, or w how does that come about? What do you talk about? It started out with fitness subjects. Okay. I realized um, very early on that fitness really isn't about just diet and exercise. It's, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not what you're eating, it's what's eating you. <laughs> and so good, good I started tailoring my approach to figure out what that is. And so mm. when I do my consultations, I always tell people, I'm going to try to get into your head and your heart just a little bit. Bit to figure out where you're coming from and if I can figure out 
what motivates you forward, then I have a better opportunity of making sure you adhere because it's what's in your head and, to your, and your heart that's going to make you adhere or not adhere to any diet or exercise prescription I might offer. Okay. <laughs> so I started speaking on those topics and then as I became a business owner and had some of those challenges yeah. and then had, you know, kids and it was work-life balance and it was how do you figure out how to motivate people, that sort of thing. Mm. So in the last year I'm watching TV and I'm on channel 47 and all of a sudden I see you in an evening gown and you're behind a microphone and you're singing and it's talking about an evening with Yvonne Greer and I'm like, no, what is she doing? Have you always been a singer? Were you, did you take voice lessons or play an instrument at some point? Cause you haven't mentioned that yet. I like to keep you guessing. No, um, I've always loved to sing. I started out in, in choir when I was, you know, kindergarten. As soon as I, there was a choir in school, I was in it. I was fortunate enough to have a music teacher that saw my joy and helped me expand upon it. Mm -hmm. And so she would pull me out of class and have me sing with her high schoolers. And my very first big stage performance, I got to be an angel at Christmas time with one of those pipe cleaner halos yes! and a big white gown. <laughs> and I sang hallelujah repeatedly <laughs> for this one song. And when everybody clapped at the end, I was I was gone. I was gone. I was like, I got to have some more of that. So I sang quite a bit. I played the flute. Uh, I was in the concert band, the jazz band. I went to choir camp and band camp. I was I was that kid. Um, but I loved it. I loved it so very much. And then once I got the professional jobs in media, there just wasn't that time. I did sing for a bit with the Afeda Choir. Mm -hmm. I did some community theater with Eastlight Theater, um, with uh, Morton Players, um, I did the Mikado at Woodruff High School. And so there were still bits and pieces of opportunity to perform and to sing, but not on a large scale, just because my schedule didn't allow. And then um, we were watching some of those American Idol sort of shows at mm. home. I sing all the time, all the time, <laughs> just at home and at, at work. way flat. <laughs> and my kids kept saying, you should try out for one of those, mom, you should try out. And I kept saying, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I like to sing, I don't put myself on that level. And Greg, God love him, uh, he called a good friend of ours, Andy Driscoll, who owns the Waterhouse in downtown Peoria, mm -hmm. and he said, hey, I would love for Yvonne to take this opportunity to come back to singing. And so he literally booked the venue, booked the date, wow. got me a piano player, and said, all you have to do is choose your songs and sing them. Wow. And then I did that one. And then Andy called a few months later and said, can you do another one? And then somebody else called and said, can you do one over here? And so I don't really have a plan for the singing thing. But if the opportunity is there, I try to make it happen. Again, that family is just, <laughs> when you swing out this way, they pull you back this way. Wow, that's amazing. Well, what's left to do for you? I mean, what you're and we're talking about you have a college student now and yes. you're you're going to be an empty nester before you know it. Trust me. <laughs> what what will be next? What what do you what haven't you done that you want to do? I would like to travel more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> farther than St. Louis. <laughs> yes, farther than St. Louis. <laughs> there are great places I want to see. I would love to see Africa, mm. Australia, Japan, um, even here in the United States. I haven't, I've been to a lot of places, but I haven't spent a great deal of time 
discovering those places, if you will. I'd like to hike in Arizona and ski in Colorado, although Greg says I shouldn't ski because if I break a leg, I ruin the fitness part of my business. So <laughs> There no, he no. goes again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've been talking with Yvonne Greer of WMBD-TV and WTVP and owner of Power Zone, and boy, the list goes on and on, and we have hardly scratched the surface, so you're going to have to come back. Okay. <laughs> after, right after a class again. <laughs> this has been Airplay. Uh, airing on Peoria Life, Facebook, YouTube, Peoria TV, and uh, Widecast all over the place. We thank you very much for watching. My guest next week from 95.5 WGLO, Tim Lennon will be here. Until then, have a great day. Thank you. PeoriaLife.com.